Third hurting. man's downfall was though. I tell everyone to listen. Cocaine. No, Trains. he's an idiot. He uh, he had all that money and all that power, and yeah, he fucked it off. But he bought a cursed house, which was Scott Storch's old house. Scott now we're Storch. talking. Scott Storch built the house, lost everything, burned it all to the ground over blow. The minute he moved in that mm-hmm. house, Birdman bought that house out of foreclosure and was flat broke back to pennies in four years. Damn. He even foreclosed. Because of Young Thug, he put that bitch up as collateral, borrowed 30 M's against it to start that GTV vodka. Remember when he had the Rich Gang thing going? Yeah. Before Young Thug started YSL, and he never paid the loan back, and so they took the house. Hmm. He lives with Tony Braxton, though. He probably That stupid motherfucker got $900 million from Universal for cash money. They proved that in that Lil Wayne Mm -hmm. lawsuit. He was paid $900 million in 22 years by Universal Music Group Mm -hmm. and fucked it all off. Wow. Cursed house. See, now we're we're on the podcast top. There, we, <laughs> could, we gotta look into house. that. Mm-hmm. What do you think Storch is doing in it? Is Scott Storch. Yeah. Follow Cocaine. him on Instagram. He's still printing money, just not like he used to. How much do you think he makes a year off of Dr. Dre's thing? You, you know that, right? The Chronic album. Mm-hmm. He produced all yes, that. Yeah. And he got Suge Knight conned him yeah. when he was all strung out to sign those over. Mm-hmm. And Suge Knight went through bankruptcy. Scott Storch's lawyer got those masters mm-hmm. back. Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's getting a decent bit of bread just off of that. When you're a producer, bro, you never really fall off, bro. As far as bread, it's just your name. Your name. Yep. And you never, yeah, and they still calling. Come on. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Bumblebutt Podcast X. Today, boys, I was learning about real estate. Yeah, we were. We were all learning about real estate because Herschel, H Bomb, you're here. Adam's here with a bomb. Adam's here, and now we have T virus. <laughs> I don't know what to. T- is that you. the one from uh, Resident Evil? Yep. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, That's be. great. Well, then we have Tyler here. Hello, Tyler. Mm, how, how are, are you guys? F- fucking fantastic. So you have listened to the show a few times. Yeah, I sure have. And we were talking, and I was like, "Man, you should probably come on and, and see if you like being on it." Well, what would we do? When Tyler has a guest spot. And you got to have something that ties into what he does. So I looked up real estate murderer. Mm. And the first thing that popped up was Caleb Brown. Now, Herschel, have you ever heard of Caleb Brown besides for <laughs> no, no. the Eminem yeah, guy? Yeah, yeah, I have. You know, that was the, the woman that got chained in... Um well, never mind. Keep going. Sure. Because that was in the Eminem lyric. That's why Obviously, I know. Yeah. That's the only thing yeah, I know. No, about. Oh, okay, okay. When this happened, I must have been completely zoned out. Mm. Did you hear yeah. about this yeah. thing? Yeah. Because it, like, it, it was like Briefly. A, it was like a meme, though. It kind of comes across yeah. the real estate community. Some things like about safety and some things about like women in real estate. And sure. I believe Caleb Brown was not a real estate agent, but somebody involved in the story was. That's mm. correct. Okay, okay, okay. Hey. That's you're activating trap cards all over the place. Todd Colep is the name of the guy. Todd, Todd, Todd. Big Todd Colep. He's a real piece of shit and is originally from South Carolina. South Carolina? How could he be a piece of shit? I don't know. (laughs) Go figure. He spent a lot of time in Georgia as well and eventually sometime in Arizona where he saw the correctional facility. But we will get into all of that right now. This guy was rotten from the time he popped out of his worthless mother, who, in this podcaster's opinion, is a real piece of shit just like her baby boy. She says it was a lifetime of anger and hurt that drove him to do what he did. 
So she makes a lot of excuses for him in this story. Mm. She thinks that just because he was made fun of, that's kind of an excuse for him to shoot people. Mm. Which I, I don't agree with that. Just get made fun just to shoot motherfuckers. Can't take an L, man. Yeah, just take that L. Yeah, just take it. Before he hit the headlines, before he got his pilot's license and real estate license, before he did 14 years in prison for rape, before he amassed himself a collection of guns and ammo that would make Uncle Sam cry red, white, and mm. blue tears of pride, there was little Toddy Colep, and he was a nightmare. Mm. Forensic psychologist Chris Mohandick explained to CBS's 48 Hours something we here on the podcast already know. She said, Psychopaths don't just come out of the woodwork in adulthood. They demonstrate behavior in their childhood and teen years, and he showed all of that. Mm-hmm. After looking over the court documents, Mohandick says Colep was troubled from the age of just 15 months. Damn. What was he doing there 15 months? See, here we go. I know, but goddamn! They usually don't manifest that early, right? It's usually three years, four years, something God like that. Damn. But uh, this is like a troubled child on, uh, what was that? Uh, uh, like coming out the wall. Like. What was that Macaulay Culkak movie? Macaulay Culkak. Home Alone? Not that one. The Good Kid? The, the Good, good son? son. Yeah. yeah. Elijah Wood? Ooh, I, see, I haven't seen that. It was alright. It troubled me as a kid. I'll tell you that. Yeah, that, yeah, they was also, they were dropping fucking wasn't good fake mannequins off the um, the highway pass. Ooh. At daycare, Todd mm-hmm. was a little menace. He destroyed other kids' projects and beat the shit out of them for fun. Just fucked up. In those early days, he also shot at dogs with BB guns and bleached a goldfish in a bowl his mom got him because he wanted her to get him a gerbil. Mm. He needed to feel powerful and assert dominance. Even as a squirt, he was out of control and very comfortable hurting others. Todd's mother, Mrs. Regina Tagg, on the other hand, remembers a sweet and sensitive boy who thirsted for knowledge and loved reading the funny papers with her on her lap. Mm. Todd's bio father, William Samsell, was a military vet and a gun nut. He divorced Regina after four years of marriage when Todd was just two. Regina married immediately, and Todd got the last name Colep from his new stepdad when he officially adopted him. Isn't that so nice? The one that did even his stepdad was, was like, man, this motherfucker is... Psycho. Man. Eventually, little Todd probably, probably would drive, drive his mom and Carl apart. They would not be together for long because he was such a little fucking menace, and, and she would always already. take his side. I mean, shit, that's I mean, it's hard not to. That's a fucking that's child. Your, that's your baby? Yeah. But he's a psychopath. I feel yeah, like so I, many of these yeah, nuts slipped through the cracks back in those days. For like sure. Like a few generations ago. Like, nowadays, everyone's so hyper-aware of mental health and stuff like that. Like, that's how did all these psychos slip through the cracks? Yeah, that's definitely within the it's past like, oh, he's just years. weird. <laughs> At the age of eight or nine, Todd was kicked out of the Boy Scouts for being a fucking prick. Apparently, he was giving kids swirlies in the uh, in the toilet, but with poop in the toilet, too. So that's Yikes. that's no good. Even bullies didn't do that. Yeah. His mom, Regina, couldn't control him anymore, and she called him difficult before having him committed to a mental hospital for three and a half months because he could not get along with anyone or anything. Yeah, that's not cool. All throughout his childhood, Todd had problems with his stepdad, Carl. When Todd was 12, Carl and Regina divorced, and Todd was sent to his bio dad, William Samsell, for the summer in Arizona. Originally, Regina wasn't going to allow it, but after she dropped a month's salary on a new bedroom set for her son, 
and came home from work to find it completely smashed and destroyed. She sent him off to his father so she didn't kill him. Todd hadn't seen his dad for the last eight years of his 12-year existence, and he didn't know anything about him for all that time. Mm-hmm. Regina, of course, blamed all these problems on William because he moved across the country, and she was pinning all her hopes on him being a positive male influence to right the sinking ship of Todd. Some of it, I would say. What we going to hear is probably not all of it. It's probably just genetics or whatever the fuck is going on. Born broken. And also uh, uh, the problem of not having a good parental support system Mm -hmm. or any sort of family like assistance at all. That could definitely be a part of all that shit. Upon his return to his mom in South Carolina after the summer, Todd demanded to be sent back with his dad permanently. Mm -hmm. He told Regina that he would kill either her or himself if she didn't make that happen. Hmm. Forensic psychologist Chris Mahandick says about this, What you're dealing with is a budding psychopath with antisocial personality traits and narcissism. He was impulsive and his needs and wants were more important than anyone else's. Mm. Todd worked at his father's restaurant after school called Billy's Famous for Ribs and also did landscaping part-time and worked at Burger King part-time. He was a busy kid. He was trying to stay out of trouble. Yeah, it's pretty decent, man. All them jobs, you know, kids don't want to have that many jobs. And he was doing three of them. Yeah. He was hitting that landscaping hard, Burger King hard. Ooh, landscaping. That shit is a, it's not easy. That's no. a tougher That's uh That's hard um, on the old back and knees. The old you know? manual labor. Ooh, mm-hmm. No manual labor for me. Mm-hmm. Things were going pretty good with his dad. Even Regina saw it in the phone call. She could hear a marked change in his voice. But that only lasted a very short time. Then Todd started complaining that his dad was always away with one of his girlfriends or mm. another. So he was a real ladies man. Yeah. Not to mention he was a huge liar and said that he had spent all of his time in special forces when he was in the military. There's no record of that mm-hmm. for, for Todd's father, William. That sounded like lady man talk. Todd's father said that or Todd did? Todd's father told yeah. him and anybody that would Yikes. listen yeah. that he was special forces, a mercenary, and an international arms dealer. The things he did teach Todd were how to blow shit up and make his own bombs. That mm. is true. That part is true. He was in the military, but he wasn't in the special forces community or anything mm. like that. Right, you got that from USA Burn Notice or something. <laughs> oh, let's yeah, not get started on Herschel. Michael Weston. And fucking anything on USA Network. He's seen it eight times. He actually executive produced Burn Notice. <laughs> What, is what was the other one? White Collar. <laughs> I liked that one. I wanted yeah. to... I wanted Good shows, but predictable shows. Oh, for sure. Paint by the numbers. You know, it's another classic like that. You, I know this is a your era here, uh, Herschel. Nash Bridges. No, I didn't do the Nash Bridges. You never got no, on I that? She's pretty good. I mean, Cheech Marin and uh, pretty Don decent. Johnson. Yeah, they had a bunch of fucking seasons, though. Yep. Mm-hmm. You, gotta, you, gotta, you, gotta, you gotta give them credit for that. Oh, for sure. On November 25th, 1986, Colep committed his first marquee crime. All mm-hmm. right, This is one of the tentpole crimes in his career as a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Tempe police officer Betsy Cable got a call from a frantic preteen boy saying his 14-year-old sister was missing. Mm-hmm. Cable responded to the house, and while talking to the kid, the victim that was missing walked right in the back door, disheveled, a little bloody, and visibly shaken. The girl started telling her story that all began with a door knock from her 15-year-old neighbor, Todd Kolep. Mm. 
He lured her out in the alley by saying that her boyfriend was waiting for her out there. Then he put a gun to her head and forced her to walk in the direction of his house. Mm-hmm. Todd's father, William, was in Nebraska fucking some floozy. <laughs> so Todd forced the girl into his bedroom, tied her hands with ropes, duct tape her mouth, held a knife to her throat, and raped her. Then he walked her back to her house and threatened to kill her brother and sister if she ever told anyone about this. Officer Cable was right inside the door talking to the brother as he did this. Mm-hmm. At this point, while the victim was recanting her story, recounting <laughs> her story, not recanting. Go ahead. So she walked right in and told him, like, okay, I won't tell anybody yep. to go, man, this motherfucker raped me. I bet she was fucking surprised to see a police already there. Yeah, like, like damn, y'all. <laughs> God damn. I didn't even call. (laughs) Y'all knew what he was on. (laughs) Hell yeah. At this point in the story, Officer Cable thumbed her radio and called the cavalry. When the cops approached Todd's house, he refused to answer. When he finally did, he had a rifle in his hand. Officer Cable says, he asked me two questions. What's going to happen to me? And the other question was, how much time am I going to get? When they asked why on earth Todd had done this terrible thing, He just said it was out of anger and rebellion towards his dad. Mm. Todd was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. Mm. His mom, Regina, says he had a huge crush on the girl and he he was jealous that she had a boyfriend. He walked her back to the house. What kind of criminal walks a victim back? He's not a bad guy at all. That's from Regina. (laughs) That's a that's, that's Regina's a take on it. Yeah, yeah. Think about it. He knew he did wrong, she, she and he walked back, her back to the house. She didn't come back hungry or nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, he. Guess what? <laughs> she uses that excuse when they find Kayla too. She says, "Oh, she was fed fit, every day. Fit, she got to go on walks. Beef stew, dude. Beef this stew. bitch. This bitch is insane. His mom is a fucking menace. This is probably mostly her fault. Yeah, because she just makes excuses mm. for." Her. Most moms will make excuses for oh, their yeah. piece of shit yeah, sons, sons, though. And, and that's the truth. The it's the fucking truth. Thank you, Mom. <laughs> Prosecutors wanted the 15-year-old Colep tried as an adult and assembled a detailed report on why he should be. In it, a neighbor described how Todd was starved for attention and affection and could be rightly described as a rabid devil on a chain. Mm. That's what the neighbor noticed just from... Slight interactions with the boy. In his evaluation, Colep showed deep emotional disturbance, Mm -hmm. but not outright psychosis, the psychiatrist wrote. That's important because that will Mm -hmm. make sure he doesn't get an insanity defense, which uh, you know he'll try. Mm -hmm. They always try. try. Wouldn't you? You have to. Yeah. To get out of murder? Yeah, bro. You got to. (laughs) I'm insane. I'm insane. I was nuts. I was possessed. The dog told me to do it. Yeah, I'm crazy. My cat told me I needed to kill this girl. (laughs) Colep had extreme ego inflation and rebellion against authority. And the psychiatrist finished the report saying he generally feels he needs to be in control. Mm. As far as his behavior at school went, that was a completely different story. Unlike preschool, he'd learned how to control his emotions. The only trouble he'd been in was for buying a bike that he didn't know was stolen. So he bought hot goods and yeah. didn't know. But who, everybody does that. Always. Because it's a good, probably yes, a good yeah, deal on a, a bike. Like, fuck yeah. Yeah. And his teachers agreed that he was a good kid. Sure, his grades were low, but there were no behavioral problems. Todd had an above average IQ of 118. 
and was likely underachieving just because he was lazy Mm -hmm. and didn't feel challenged or interested. Mm. Hey, guess what? The 9 to 5 school isn't for fucking everybody. Mm -mm. Sure isn't. His mom, Regina, told the probation officer before his trial that her baby boy had absolutely no remorse over the girl he'd raped. Do you see how she flips sides like this? She talks about how sweet and sensitive and how he didn't mean to do it. But now that she's off, now that he's off her plate, now that he's somebody else's problem, she's kind of hanging him out to dry, saying he's fucking an, an idiot. While awaiting trial, Todd wrote several letters to the victim and her family and the judge expressing remorse and asking for forgiveness, but Regina told the judge that he didn't mean any of it Mm. and simply wanted out of jail to have his guns and ammo shipped back to South Carolina. Once Todd was safely in the system, neither his bio dad, stepdad, nor mother wanted anything to do with accepting responsibility for him. They all kept shifting blame to one another. And the probation officer wrote, It's obvious at this time that Todd has no family support system at all. Mm-mm. The psychologist in the eval suggested juvenile detention with confrontation therapy for his aggressive behavior. That's even worse. Meaning each time he exhibited that behavior, he would be forced by prison staff to acknowledge it and take responsibility for it. Mm-hmm. And also, he would be placed with other violent juvenile offenders. That's the worst place to be. Another doctor said the aggressive juvenile offenders program had more prisoners than the staff could handle, and the program was designed for 6- to 10-year-olds. At 15, there wasn't anything this program could do for them. They slipped through the cracks easy, just like we was talking about. Oh, God. Yep, exactly. With school, with prison, with everything. God. But charging him as a juvenile for a crime like that, I wouldn't either. Because you can only be in there for three years then. As soon as you age out, then mm-hmm. your yeah. record's expunged and you're fucking good to go. Yeah. So they're pretty much giving him a second chance after the three years. I mean, when he get out of the... Pretty, yeah, because yeah. it's all o- over unless you're tried as an adult. Damn, you get a second chance on rape? <laughs> right. It's <laughs> fucked up. The victim's parents wrote a letter explaining how the event had obviously changed their daughter forever. The probation officer in charge of the case recommended adult incarceration, saying, It is highly unlikely that a problem that's existed since he was 15 months old would be treated in three years by the time he is 18 and is freed from juvie. Colep agreed to plead guilty to kidnapping in exchange for the sexual assault charges being dropped. Mm. A move almost everyone, including the probation officer handling the case, called a travesty of justice, mm-hmm. not just a miscarriage. So he got off for sexual assault charges, only got in trouble for aggravated kidnapping. Before Todd's 1987 sentencing... So he did fuck, right? Yes, he raped her with at knife point. And he only got what? Kid, aggravated kidnapping. <laughs> the sex crimes were dropped completely. Oh, okay. Well, tell old girl that. Oh, they did, yeah. I bet she's you, fucking you destroyed. Get your virginity back. You're, you're fine. No problem. Go ahead, get some hot Forget water about that. Soak back I know that. She what year was that exactly, though? Eighty-seven. So big difference culturally. So oh, you no, no rapes, no rapes acceptable back then. You know, I mean, shit was kicked mm-hmm. way under the rug. Oh, yeah. compared to nowadays, you know, they throw the book at him what he deserved then. He would have been stopped before Todd's nineteen eighty-seven sentencing. His mom went into full shill mode to get leniency. Mm-hmm. She blamed Todd's father, William saying Todd put his dad on a pedestal and took everything he said as the absolute stone-cold truth. 
She wrote that this incident had brought her closer to her son than she'd ever been, and her baby wrote to her every day from jail. Mm. You know, it's strange, she said. Maybe a little good does come from some bad. <laughs> That's a fucking way to look at it. Yeah, at your son yes. raping a girl. Yeah, yeah. terrible. But obviously, he's manipulating her from... She even went on to say this nonsense. They don't stop to think that he walked the girl back home. Does that sound like a dangerous man? He made sure she got home safe. Nobody was fooled by mom's display. Colep had absolutely no conscience or feelings towards his fellow man, and that made him the most dangerous kind of thing to walk among us humans. Mm -hmm. Well, the judge sentenced Todd as an adult to 15 years without the possibility of parole. Mm. Two months after his admittance into the Arizona Department of Corrections, mm. he was cited for disobeying an order from a correction officer. Mm -hmm. This would be the first of seven such violations, including some violent ones, in his very eventful first year at Hogwarts. Three years later, Todd racked up two citations, both nonviolent, one for stealing and one for being absent for roll call. Then, for the next entire decade, until his release in 2001, mm. Todd was a model Inmate. So break that down for us. He went to a juvenile place first? Mm. Nope. Sentenced they as an adult immediately. They they classified him as an adult yeah, at like 16. They took a book at him. At and 15. he did 14 years. Including one for time served. So 15. Wow. Yep. Got out in 2001, and that's the beginning. That's not even the worst of it. Yeah. That's pretty much around the time we could have got raped. When he got out about 11? Well, that's how old I was. Yeah, I was about 11. You were about 11, <laughs> nah, right? No. You were about I was about 17, right? <laughs> no, Wait. About 45. 2001. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I make you born no, like 83, think, player 84. No, I think it was uh, eighth grade. 14. 13, 14. There you, go. there you go. Yeah, you're not that much older. Yeah. I ain't too far out. You ain't too far ahead of us. Same. No. Herschel, so you're telling you me this any... cat was in prison until 2001. Mm -hmm. 14, 87 to 01. Yep. That's so they dropped all them sex crimes, but yeah. they really threw the book at him. Yeah, he deserved the kidnapping. Yeah. yeah. But if they, they had. Like, he got what he deserved in a sense. And he was forced to register as a sex offender. Mm. But here's the thing if they would have added rape, mm. aggravated sexual battery, anything like that, he would have gotten there. 35, 40 years in prison. Yeah, I want to know how this creep. Got his real estate license after this. I'm sure Ooh. Adam was He's a serial killer, bro. Well, no, pre-serial killer. Pre-serial killer. When he got out of and prison in Arizona, how the fuck did he get that? Because being a realtor, it's pretty shit. difficult. When we're in South Carolina, sometimes the laws are loose mm. and life is cheaper. During that 10 years where he was a model prisoner, mm. he used the prison system to his full advantage. He got experience as a server and dishwasher, then landscaper and general maintenance man. A year before his release, he began vocational training in computer programming. So, I mean, he was a jack-of-all-trades using everything uh, Hard Knocks University has to offer. Man, I mean, you got nothing but time now. Upon his release at age 30, Todd moved on back to South Carolina with his mom, Regina, who says she did everything in her power to make his return a good and healthy one. Colep was placed on the sex offender registry, but even still, it did not take him long to forget his past, move on. Mm -hmm. In January 2002, after paying his final $100 fee to the state of Arizona, Todd started work in South Carolina as a graphic designer at Seven Sons and Company, which was a sports apparel company. I've never heard of it. Have either of you? Nope. Uh, Seven Sons? But a graphic designer, huh? 
That's what he was into. Hmm. On resumes, Colup listed his job from January 91 to September 01 as working for Arizona Consumer Industries as a graphic designer with an emphasis on engraving and printing. Yikes. In reality, he was enrolled in a prison program called Arizona Corrections Industries, a program for inmates to learn vocational training like printing and engraving while also creating products for sale. So, I mean, he's crafty about writing up his shit. New age chain game. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like print, you know, stamp and license plates and shit. Todd really seemed to be turning everything around. Regina remembers him as much more convivial than he'd ever been. He'd worked hard at Seven Sons all the way until November 03. The same year, four people were slaughtered by gunfire inside Superbike Motorsports in the town of Chesney, South Carolina. Inside the dealership, 30-year-old owner Scott Ponder lay shot to death along with his 52-year-old mother, Beverly Guy, his service manager, Brian Lucas, and his mechanic, Chris Sherbert. All four had been shot in the chest and finished off with a bullet to the head, which will become important to us later. The Superbike Motorsports murders were probably the most notorious unsolved murders in South Carolina's history and remained as such for 13 years until Todd's confession in 2016. Originally, the police had a very different suspect in mind. Hmm. Melissa Ponder, who was the wife of the owner Scott Ponder, was seven weeks pregnant when her husband left for work at the dealership. He would call at lunch to check in, and then shortly after 2 p.m., the Ponder's marriage was cut short. Hmm. Early in the investigation, a witness reported seeing a man in the shop not long before the shooting began, and even got a witness sketch. The cops thought it was pretty nutty that nothing had been stolen from the bike shop, so they decided it wasn't a robbery gone wrong, but instead, it had to be a murder for hire by a cheating spouse. Mm. Melissa Ponder was forced to turn over all matters of private correspondence with her husband, dating back all the way to the time when they were first dating, and that still wasn't enough to prove that she'd never cheated on him and loved him completely. She was polygraphed for hours on end with the questions always coming back to, did you murder your husband Scott or did you plan the murder of your husband Scott? Seven months later, she gave birth to her son Scotty and was overjoyed to be able to hold a piece of the man she loved so fiercely again. Mm -hmm. Six months to the day after his birth, the cops called Melissa and said, we need you down at the dealership ASAP. Don't bring the baby. We have questions. What Melissa didn't know as she drove to the dealership was police had received an anonymous tip Mm -hmm. that Scott was actually completely sterile. So that baby that shares his name doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Mm. Police got out their jump to conclusions, Matt, and suspected Melissa cheated on Scott and now wanted him gone to Mm. avoid embarrassment. They told her they took a discarded diaper from the trash and the DNA from it did not match up with Scott's DNA. Melissa obviously said, absolutely not. I will go get my baby right now and you will swab his mouth in front of me. She did just that, knowing this would put an immediate end to this stupid non-scandal. The only problem was, it didn't. Mm -mm. Now there were two DNA tests that had zero probability of Scotty Ponder being Scott Ponder's son. Melissa said, you're trying to pin something on me. This is Scott Ponder's son, and I will go dig Scott Ponder up myself to prove it. Thankfully, it never came to that, as the idiot police admitted that they got it wrong. 
They'd mislabeled one of Scott's employees' DNA as his, and Melissa was immediately cleared of any wrongdoing. That and this did, is 2002. One, two, yeah. <laughs> that didn't help the irreparable damage to her reputation, however. Scott Ponder's grandmother passed away believing that her grandson's cheating pregnant wife had put a hit out on him. Mm-hmm. And she wouldn't be the only one ruined by being a suspect in the Superbike Motorsports case. The dealership was a known hangout for those deep in the Superbike community. Regulars would be hanging out all hours of the day and night. Noel Lee was one of these guys, and he was the first one to come across the scene after the murders. In fact, he was the man that called 911. Noel was shocked to see all of his friends dead when he pulled his car into an open bay. Here's an excerpt from his 911 call. I'm at uh, Superbike Motorsports. Apparently, everyone's been shot up here. They're all lying down in a pool of blood. His mama shot, the mechanic shot, everyone shot. Noel was immediately placed under suspicion and spent way more time than anyone would want under the watchful eye of the homicide department. He sat through hours of interrogation, polygraph, had his car impounded, his home ripped apart. Just like Melissa, the public was all too ready to hang him as the killer. Noel was eventually cleared by police but he's had to live with the harassment all the way up to today. Mm-hmm. Just like the beginning of um, Lauren over the SVU. Boom, boom. The, the first uh, first suspect, Detective Stable, will be, you're a fucking asshole. Yep. Yeah. Why do you do this shit, man? You fuck that <laughs> Then they kid. call up my boy B.D. Wong. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah he, he beat his ass for no reason. I can't believe he, he did, did that. Did Ice-T. What does Ice-T say? Nothing. He says, you mean to tell me he killed her with a dildo? <laughs> I like Ice-T. I Except like for his stupid fucking car repair commercial where he throws the wrench at the ground at the end. Mike Epps said they cut his ponytail and his lines. Oh, <laughs> like, damn, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> I'm like, damn, he do like Ice-T like that. But he collected a check, though. So. Hell yeah. And, I don't know if he has, is he on the new shits? And Coco. Yeah, Coco. That's a bad one. Mm-hmm. And he would butt finger her on stage. You think he prefers Lipton iced tea or Nestle? <laughs> uh, sw- Raising Canes. Raising Canes. <laughs> He's on the commercials now. Because <laughs> iced tea knows iced tea. I know Neo said he let it, let um, he said iced tea let him grab Coco ass. He was like, man. Your Neo, he's still alive? Yeah. Wow. He did a Drink Champs episode. That's what he did said he? it. I love Drink Champs. Yeah. You know, I had no idea who the fuck Noriega was until you showed me Drink Champs. I He completely I missed Noriega. my radar. Yeah, me too. I mean, I didn't really like his rapping like that, but like, all right, damn water. He'd be just saying shit that I would like. <laughs> like, it is regular conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't really his rapping that I knew him, that I loved him for. Like, in a war, we find Even when he was a state internet. property, even though that movie was, wasn't really all that. The state property movies, but. He was in uh, Paid in Full. Yeah, Paid in Full. I Paid in Full is a great movie. I love that movie. Yeah, it is. Ace Boogie. We watched that like three times after you showed me it. I was just like, we got to watch that again. Good shit, man. Oh. In Todd's mom, Regina's 48 Hours interview, through mm-hmm. a veil of tears, Regina explained that her son did what she did because the people at the bike store refused to take back a motorcycle he'd purchased and instead made fun of him for not being able to ride a motorcycle. She said... They laughed and made jokes at him. He was hurt, so he hurt everybody. Mm -hmm. Three years later, in 2006, 
Colep applied for a South Carolina real estate license Mm. and lied on the application as to why he'd been incarcerated for felony kidnapping in Arizona. He said the only reason it looked like a kidnapping was because he had a gun on him. Mm. You see, he was worried about gangs in the Phoenix area, and he forcefully told a girl that he was talking to not to walk away from him, and he was overheard and reported it was just a simple misunderstanding, and he paid the price. 14 years in prison just for that. How are the gangs in Phoenix? Anybody know? No idea, but I assume sure there's quite a bit. The I cartel mean, yeah. runs it. Mm-hmm. But that's just the cartel, though. That's, that's what, just... Two, three? But they got all the street gangs on their payroll, mm-hmm. all the, especially mm-hmm. Hispanic ones. So you the think it's more, so you, you think it's more Latino? Oh, totally, yeah. 100%. They even own mountains. Yeah, they said a two two kidnappings a day in Phoenix, drug-related. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Man, I would hate to be... A dry heat? Yeah. It's a dry... It's like an oven. It really is like an oven. Mm-hmm. How can you even gang-bang properly? How are you going to stop... <laughs> how are you going to crip walk down the street? It's too hot to like even beef with somebody. Yeah, bro. Like, turn into a piece it's of beef jerky in the summer. We might as well fry the beef. Like, That's it. Yeah. Like man, just, come on, y'all. Let's have a, just lay on the sidewalk. <laughs> <with> fucking Modelo's <laughs> and shit. Like, come on, man. Let's go chill. Like, what, what are we beefing for? Luckily for Todd at the time, the application process did not include an actual criminal background check, so his bullshit could not be called out. Mm-hmm. He finished his explanation saying he earned both his GED as well as his associates in computer science well inside and had learned from his idiotic mistakes. Mm-hmm. He was fully rehabilitated. Todd's license was stamped approved. And he started out as a broker for a real estate agency while building up his own business called TKA Real Estate, which would go on to employ about a dozen agents. Mm-hmm. In January 07, Colep bought his house on Winsong Way in Moore, South Carolina for $137,000 and ran his business from there. From here, in 2007, all the way to the discovery of Caleb Brown, there were absolutely no indications to any of his employees or associates that he was a killer. He kept his nose clean. He got himself a pilot's license. He flew around for a while. He was on his way to even getting a commercial pilot's license for some reason. I don't know why, but I think it was just because he was making fat stacks and he was just kind of following his hobbies. You know what I mean? And he was also crazy and a gun nut and had a hell of an arsenal. When he was arrested, he told his uh, arresting officer, you know, I could teach your SWAT guys a thing or two. Damn. That's like so conceited and narcissistic. I can't even imagine. I mean, he did know how to fly a plane. That'll help SWAT guys, that's for sure. <laughs> fly in over. <laughs> Those flying SWAT men. <laughs> yeah, fly, fly the plane straight into where the hostage is at. Remember, never forget. Never forget. <laughs> Two days that conspiracy ago. Conspiracy theory? <laughs> I don't got no conspiracy theories about never forgets, man. <laughs> I'll never forget. <laughs> I don't got no conspiracy <laughs> That's uh Austin know your boy he got You some think that bad. really you think that really went down that way Look, though? Man. Look. In two thousand nine, TKA Realty's Yelp reviews were absolutely through the roof. Mm-hmm. And everybody from builders to clients thought he was warm, personable, and professional. Those that had constant day to day interaction with him, however, saw him as a domineering, ego obsessed braggart who would not shut up about his BMWs and guns and how well he knew how to shoot them. 
A woman named Tammy Whalen met Colup after a mutual friend suggested Tammy use him as her real estate mm-hmm. agent. After just 15 minutes, she noped out, saying, I had an immediate adverse reaction to him. He made me feel uncomfortable, and I'll never doubt my intuition in those situations. That's good thinking. Mm-hmm. A pair of elderly neighbors on Winsong Way and more, named Ron and Maureen Owen, kept their distance from Todd. They knew he was a sex offender because they looked him up online, and Ron told him as much when he introduced himself and said he didn't want anything to do with him. Damn, so that's, that's bold. I mean, that's, that's bold. What are you going to do? I mean, you're right. Stay but, away from me, you fucking sex offender. But, 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 but you say he's even saying it like, I'm a sexual offender. Like, nope, because uh, at the time in South Carolina, you didn't have to go door to door and announce. So mm-hmm. the only way you would know is if you looked him up. One of Colep's tenants at a property he managed remembers him as a creepy dude. He didn't require any credit or background checks, Mm -hmm. and all Todd would do when he came over to collect rent was talk about himself or how much money he had. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I wouldn't mind that. I would rent a place from that guy, as long as he didn't kill me. Colep made multiple posts a day on social media, and they started getting pretty dark around the time he bought himself a 95-acre piece of property in Woodruff in May of 2014. The guy who sold it to him, Wilton Lawrence, for $305,000, said right from the get-go that Colep didn't want anything to do with anybody. He put up a chain-link fence around the property at a cost of $80,000, and the neighbors found that highly unusual. It was just a vast open tract of forested land. Like, there was no reason to put up chain links. No other property owner had done that. Mm-hmm. So wanted, right from the get-go, yeah, they knew. Get up in here. He created himself a little Xanadu, a little mm-hmm. place of peace just for him, you know, to do his weird experiments. Also in May 2014, an Amazon account started ordering a large amount of tactical gear, targets, gun mods, knives, padlocks, and books about battlefield tactics and surgery. It's like when you move out of your parents for the first time and you need to get all the brushes (laughs) that you think grow out of your mom, but uh, quite a bit creepier. The reviews that were left were shocking and very edgelordish. They were only really shocking in retrospect after you learn what he's done, Mm -hmm. but here's, uh, here's one for a knife. I haven't stabbed anyone yet, yet, yet. I'm keeping the dream alive that when I do, it's with a quality tool like this one. Hmm. Here's another one where he flexes how funny and dark he is for a shovel with a folding handle. Mm -hmm. Keep this in your car for when you have to hide the bodies, but you leave the full-size shovel at home. Mm -hmm. Doesn't come with a midget, which would have been nice. Another hilarious review is for some padlocks. It says, works great. Also, if someone talks back, go old school by putting it in a sock and beating them. They won't appreciate the hardened steel as much as you will. Mm-hmm. That one was pretty funny. Those, sound, those definitely sound like Reddit comments. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, Fucking they, edgelords. Motherfuckers don't know how to be serious for nothing. On At that all. I mean, no. why would you, though? Yeah, it's the Internet. Yeah. And you're anonymous, yeah. so you can just yeah, be an yeah, asshole. Yeah. There were also regular purchases on the account, like a Mm -hmm. purse and some cologne, a few Mm -hmm. children's toys for birthdays, and a DVD box set of The Walking Dead. Mm. He was obsessed with the character Negan. I don't watch Mm. the show or know the show, but was he a guy? Was he a guy? Yeah. He was a guy. He was actually pretty good. He was good? Yeah. Was he crazy? Good villain. Not as as far as other villains that they had the yeah. last villain i remember was the uh he was like a mayor of a town yeah the mayor 
Oh, he was called in mayor. Yeah, I think so. He was definitely crazy. I liked him. He had his daughter daughter locked up, but she was dead, though. Yeah, she was in the closet, right? She was a zombie She was dead in the closet? Well, you know, she was zombified. What? (laughs) You know, she was still a zombie, but she had her locked in the closet. Gotcha. He didn't want to let her go. Yeah. He thought there would be a cure. Nothing about zombies or the walking dead. No, I don't think a lot of people get it. Not like it once was, especially now, because I think they still own. Yeah. And I think it came out like 2011, 2012. So I guess don't hire that. a real estate agent that's into the walking yeah. dead. That's a good point. Yeah, that's, that's bullshit though, man. How many real estate agents? Are you? you probably don't know a real estate agent that watch walking dead. I don't because I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. they wouldn't open up to you probably because yeah, you don't watch it. They wouldn't tell me yeah. if they watched something that weird. You know, Sons yeah. of Anarchy was on at the time. I don't know anything <laughs> about Sons of Anarchy either. I only know Sons of Malarkey. Sons of Malarkey? Yeah. <laughs> Sons of Ikea? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Jax Teller can't even ride a bike in real life. <laughs> Women go goo goo gaga over him. He can't even ride a bike. It's on training wheels. <laughs> you think he has training true, wheels? No, he it. does. He was Look on it up. training wheels doing it. That's tight. That's how they did it. No, it's not. It, well, it's not tight. He's a big, it's, bad biker. You know, he can still portray this. Ron Perlman was even worse. Like, yeah. he couldn't even go straight. He yeah. couldn't even go in a straight line, which I don't know. Hellboy yeah. or Ron Perlman? Wasn't he in Hellboy? Oh, yeah. That's the dude to play Hellboy? I think Hellboy. he was, yeah. He's awesome. And from, if you know the Fallout games, he's the guy that says, War. Oh, yeah. War never changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's awesome. And he looks like the missing link between Ape and Man. I get him and Mickey Rourke sometimes. Mickey Rourke? Wow. Yeah, sometimes, man. Ah, they're both old, craggly looking dudes. They've seen some shit. They did put like Busey Honestly, in there, too. I thought yeah, Hellboy was Becker. I don't know if you remember the show Becker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ted Danson. Yeah. <laughs> Ted Danson. <laughs> it looks a little Ted Danson. The chin. I was about to say, say please yeah, don't tell me that chin. was Ted Danson. But wow. you know, I always yeah. thought that that was Becker. Like, this is like motherfucking well, Hellboy. Yeah, that's funny that that's like the reference you go for, not Cheers or mm. Curb Your yeah, Enthusiasm. Becker, Becker was <laughs> going good, for Becker. I thought Becker was good. I thought Becker was good. Becker's not bad. Now, boys, just to get all the spoilers out of the way, mm-hmm. three bodies would be found buried at the 95-acre compound in Woodruff. And first, we're going to talk about the two victims that are not Kayla Brown and her boyfriend, Charlie Carver, mm-hmm. as we don't know that much about these two. Okay. Around the time Colep got the compound, he regularly started dining at the Waffle House in Roebuck, South Carolina. He would creep on all the waitresses and leave overly large tips, hoping and even expecting them to come back to his place with him. It got so bad that when they saw him pull in the parking lot, the waitresses would go out back and smoke, and the cook would have to take his order. 26-year-old Megan Coxie was one of these waitresses, and both her and her 29-year-old husband would be found on the property. They had been missing since December 2015. They had a kid together, and they were a complicated couple. They'd both just been released from jail earlier in December, where they were serving a sentence of neglect. They were heroin addicts, and their baby had been born jonesing. Damn. Yikes. Unfortunately, not that much is known about the Coxies, besides they were reported missing on December 22nd, 2015, and it was proven that Johnny was shot and buried on the 19th, and Megan was executed in the same manner a week later, either on the 25th or 26th. There's no concrete date when she was actually killed. Mm-hmm. And Todd... He's got no reason to remember or at least tell the truth about when it actually was. He probably lured them there, though. Oh, Oh, he did. He lured them there for money because uh, he paid good money for, like, clearing brush, cleaning out his outbuildings. Kayla Brown, the reason she Mm -hmm. 
knew about him at all was she did work for the real estate side of his thing. She she would clean and prep houses that he was going to show and stuff like. I'm sure you've dealt with those kind of cleaning Absolutely. people in in the real estate thing. You got to have the thing looking sparkly when you're going to show it. I imagine. Yeah. I'm not gonna lock you in the basement. I swear to God. Yeah. <laughs> Just go down there. Go. On August 31st, 26 31st. On August 31st, 2016, Kayla Brown and her boyfriend Charlie Carver drove to Colep's compound to help him clear some brush. Mm. Brown knew Todd. He'd hired her, and he was always known to pay very well and in cash at the end of the shift. Todd met the couple outside the shipping container he was using as a tool shed and then went inside to grab them all clippers. When he came out of the box, he was holding a pistol at chest level and put three rounds in Charlie's chest. Todd then grabbed Kayla from behind and dragged her into the container, forced her to the ground, and handcuffed her. For the next two months, Brown was kept chained in that shipping container, with Colep taking her out once or twice a day for sunlight, fresh air, and rape. One day, Todd walked her around the property and showed her three graves. Damn. He told her, Kayla, if you try to escape, you're growing directly in one of these. Todd also had a fantasy of molding a slave into his partner in crime. He gave Kayla unloaded guns to practice tactical movement and field stripping. Eventually, he wanted her involved in his missions, but first, she had to want to be there. So a little brainwashing first before she can become his uh, Lolita battle angel. You got to. That's the only way to do it. (laughs) If you're going to program a girl. Yeah, it is. If if he was on that level, what he was doing. You got to do unlearning before you can do learning, right? Well locked in the stifling hot container by herself, Mm -hmm. Kayla tried her best to distract herself with books and a DVD player with The Walking Dead that Colip had provided her. She ate crackers and peanut butter and said whatever she needed to say to survive. Several days after Kayla and Charlie went to the property, mm-hmm. Charlie's mom, Joni Shiflet, grew concerned that her son wasn't returning her calls and texts. Initially, she thought her boy was simply exhausted and kept passing out after his 12-hour workdays. Mm-hmm. But as the days went on, her usually communicative son remained radio silent. More friends and family became aware something was hinky when strange posts were made on Kayla and Charlie's social media. There were Facebook statuses claiming the couple had gotten married and purchased a home and were now living in complete marital bliss. Man, I know everybody questioned that. Why were neither? Why was nobody answering? Like, wouldn't you want to have people over and stuff? Mrs. (laughs) Shiflet decided enough was enough and filed a missing person report. The police hopped right on it, thankfully. Detectives started their search by getting both phone and social media records for Brown and Carver. They saw that both phones had pinged off a tower in Spartanburg County, which is where the compound is. But they couldn't narrow it down much further than that. It wasn't until cops got a look into Brown's Facebook account that they saw a message thread between Colep and her pertaining to coming out to clear the brush, Mm. which was, of course, in Spartanburg County where the phones last pinged. This was the corroborating evidence needed to procure a search warrant for the Colap property. That seems a little flimsy to me, to be honest. Mm, I'd have to agree. That's like, oh, they pinged in that county, so that might, let's get a warrant. I don't know. I like that they did. It probably saved this, this poor girl's life. As they combed over the 95 acres, they heard a banging noise coming from a metal shipping container. Once they sawed the Amazon highly rated locks off the door, 
They found Kayla Brown chained at the neck and left foot in order to prevent escape. When detectives asked her where her boyfriend Charlie Carver was, she sadly responded that Colip had shot him three times, wrapped him in a blue tarp, put him in the shovel of a bobcat, and then she was locked in the container. That was the last time she saw him, for sure, besides when Todd walked her to the graves, but, you know, you can't, he was buried, so you don't know if he was actually in there. Detectives also found Carver's car on the compound. It had been spray-painted brown and green in order for camouflage, and it was dumped deep in the woods. Mm. On November 4th, heavy equipment was brought in after cadaver dogs hit on locations Brown pointed out, and the first body discovered at 10 a.m. was 32-year-old Charlie Carver, Brown's boyfriend. In a teary-eyed interview, Colap's mom, Regina, said her son shot Charlie because he had a smart mouth on him. And uh, he paid well, so he shouldn't have been talking back so much. Yikes. And uh, as to why he kept Kayla captive, she said obviously he had to keep her because if she was let go, she'd just run to the police. I mean, he fed her. He gave her sunlight. So what? He did everything he could. Yeah. Walking Dead, he gave us some good He gave her Walking Dead. Shortly after Brown was freed from captivity, Mm -hmm. Colop was arrested at his home on Winsong Way. And in exchange for three things, a conversation with his mom, the ability to transfer money to a friend's kid's college account, Hmm. well, I guess only two things. Todd confessed to the Superbike Motorsports murders as well as the murders of the Coxies in exchange for those two things. That's pretty good. Did they give it to him? Yeah. Oh, they let him transfer the money. They let him do... I mean, they're getting fucking four bodies, six bodies off of it for free. And now you want to do is give somebody some bread for their college For college kid, yeah put like 10 grand in his friend's kid's college account and uh, talked to his mom. Oh, and he wanted to give her a photograph that he had. That was the third thing. Would you take that money? Would you take that money? Yeah. The 10 grand for somebody. If I know that I don't have to like do anything for it. Like I, okay. I don't yeah. have to answer a million questions. Okay. Yeah, okay, okay. You know so if I mean? he was a serial killer, you would have been like, I'll do it. Well, that money didn't come from serial I killer. Know, I'm just saying. Came from his honest work as a asshole. But he killed people behind Yeah, he sure, he sure did. He sure did. You're absolutely right. I but guess still, I wouldn't take it. I need 10 racks, though. I need, pretty, you take that's what I, said I need it pretty bad. 10 racks is 10 racks. Yeah, that's what I'm that saying. Ticket. I'll be remorseful <laughs> when I spend it. But yeah, yeah. I'm like, shit. Well, I got gas and groceries. Along with his superbike confession, he let slip that he'd finished off each of those victims with a shot to the head. Hmm. This was a piece of evidence that was only known to investigators. So there you go. Case closed. Superbike. Colop was charged with four counts of murder in relation to the Chesney shootings and one count of kidnapping in relation to Brown's abduction. Mm -hmm. He was later charged with three additional counts of murder for the murders of Carver and the Coxies, along with one additional count of kidnapping and three counts of possession of a weapon during the commission of a violent crime. Mm-hmm. His next court appearance was scheduled for January 19, 2017, where Colep's attorney waived their right to appearance. Mm. Relatives of the Chesney shooting filed a wrongful death suit against him. And on December 1st, it was announced that Brown also filed a lawsuit against him. So he's getting fucking destroyed on every frontier, civil and criminal. Mm-hmm. On May 26, 2017, Colep pleaded guilty to seven counts of murder two counts of kidnapping, and one count of criminal sexual assault and was sentenced to seven consecutive life sentences without the possibility of parole in a plea bargain that spared him from the death sentence. 
Although his defense swore at his sentencing that there were no other victims to be found, Kolop has since repeatedly admitted there were at least two other murders. As of August 2018, he has yet to give authorities the details, so he just keeps bringing it out. Mm-hmm. I think it's so he can get out of prison for a while and go mm-hmm. drive around, maybe get a, a plate of bacon and eggs or something, you know? Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of bullshit, though, that um, they let him transfer his money. If motherfuckers go try to sue I have him. a feeling yeah. that money's going to be given back, though. It, especially because with the civil the suits, civil suit the yeah. shit out of let it happen. No, okay. they'll make that person give that back. Like, nope, that's uh, that's they going even do to that chaos. in modern day Ponzi schemes. Mm. Really, like Bernie Madoff, and what was the Ponzi scheme you had on here back uh, in the Ponzi. day? Ponzi, Ponzi, Charles Ponzi. Mm-hmm. But in modern day, say that you get involved in a Ponzi scheme and you didn't even know. And let's say you put a million dollars in one mm-hmm. and you got returns from the yeah. scheme of like another you million. The, usually the federal receiver will come after you and claw some of that back. Is that why Kevin Bacon got fucked? Yeah. Wow. So let's say you put a million in a Ponzi scheme. You made yeah, a million. I, you pulled all your money out. Yeah. They'll try and claw that million back. Yeah. And probably try to go after the initial million, too. They try to go after the initial million. No, I don't think about that. No. But they will go after any profits. I'm still going to be pissed, yeah, because I didn't know it was a... Yeah. Hell no. I just took that guy's word. Got to watch you get in the bed with, man. Yeah, fuck that, though. Yeah. How about I just want to trust my fellow man and get also get filthy yeah, rich? Just get, hey, y'all, y'all locking him up for it. Just let me get my money back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You already got your guy. Yeah, you need my money for it. In August of 2020, some of Colep's belongings went to auction. Proceeds were donated to the victim's family. So a lot of his guns, a lot of his BMWs, some of his property... Uh, a lot of his toys were uh, split up and sold, and even some of his possessions were sold to like you know creeps that like serial killer stuff. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's real weirdos that collect that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that box out of the walk. I wonder who got that. That box out of the. Walk. Oh, I wonder who. Ooh, if he would have signed the discs, he could have like broken that Ooh. up and sold each disc. Like this is you the collab sign. Yeah, you could take Disc this three. Out. You could take this part out where Kayla probably snuck back and went back and got it and put it in that shit. Yeah, I want to finish oh, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was fired. I'm, I'm halfway through. Lie. I'm halfway through. I want to finish it. Like you know, we could just go to Blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin Lawson, a man accused of buying firearms and silencers for Colep, despite knowing he was a convicted felon, mm-hmm. faced federal charges. Lawson admitted to buying at least 12 guns and five silencers from 2012 to 2016, lying that they were for himself. In 2018, he pleaded guilty to 36 federal firearms charges, was sentenced to eight years and three months in prison. Mm -hmm. Lawson is serving his sentence at Butner Medium 1 FCI Mm -hmm. and is scheduled for release on November 12th, 2024. Obviously, our boy Todd Kolep, uh, he'll never see the light of day again as a free man. But his uh, his little puppet that he used to get guns and, you know, he was doing basically what I would do for you if you were like, hey, I need a gun, yeah. but I'm a oh, felon. Yeah, 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 let me get this shit. Yeah. But uh, don't get that shit to me if I was already Seriously, that's bro. fucked up. I mean, yeah. it's against the law. Yeah, because I wouldn't even want to get my homies even sent up like that. Yeah. Because real homies don't do that. No, just drunk people outside gun stores. Yeah. That happened to me once in Robbinsdale at Bill's Gun really? Range. There's like a bar right next door, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. And some drunk guy was like, oh, listen, 
I need you to go take this money and go get me a, a, a 22 pistol. I need it for self-defense. I was like, well, just go right in. They'll probably sell it to you. Yeah. I got a felony. There's a hundred extra on top for you. I was like, nah, I'm not going to do that, you fucking yeah, idiot. Give me the money. Go around the corner. <laughs> I'll meet you for around. For a hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, I'll be out of there. Well, I'll be up out of there. I'll yeah. meet you around back. Yeah. Yeah. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> you was a drunk felon. When you, by the time you wake up, you're going to be I must have did something. Whoops. Did that fall out of my pocket somewhere yeah. in the Uber? Well, that's all for Todd Cole. He'll never see the uh, he'll never see the outside yeah, of prison cell. Obviously, yeah. he did some fucked up How stuff. How many years is that that he spent? He spent more time in and out. Oh, well, you got to think he yeah. got caught in what sixteen, yeah. and he got out in one, and he was fifteen when he went in. Mm-hmm. So he did thirty years of oh, fifty probably, years. It's probably the same. He's fifty now. Probably fifty feet. Yeah. So he's done about twenty years, <sighs> and he's gonna do the rest of it. He got dead time. All of it. All of it in, in twenty southern hours prison, day. which is mm. going to be rough. Yeah, no AC, no AC. Yeah, they keep you healthy. And shit, Booty bandits all over. Yep, yep. And hey, coming in and coming back out. Your stuff's your stuff's nice and lubricated from all that sweat. No AC. Sneak right in. Sit right down, baby. Let your hair hang down. Remember those commercials? <laughs> no, man. What the, what, I don't know. It was for like, Pro B or something. It was for like uh, some kind of hair cutting place. No. Listen, ladies and this gentlemen. Did you guys enjoy Mr. Colap's story? Yeah, he was a nut, though. But he did everything he could when he was in that prison system, though, to get that bread that he needed to he get did. more bread. And he was he was a, a crafty little fucker. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying he was at the Arizona Correctional Industries, he said he was at the Arizona Consumer Industries. Mm-hmm. That's smart. That's Maybe. smart. And he was able to fool the real estate board mm-hmm. into getting himself a goddamn you got to spru- hey, spruce up those resumes, man, you know. Yeah. Don't, if you learn anything yeah, I think from though, that was one, 20, year, 21, 20 years ago about. Yep. They probably didn't have a lot of digital stuff then. Certainly. They Certainly. had a bunch of inbreds running the licensing department, I'm sure. <laughs> Pulling didn't know how to use a computer yet. Yep. Mm-hmm. Filing cabinet mm-hmm. still. Sure. Good old boy, sure. Just <laughs> yeah, stamp it. Yeah. Good. All right, boys. That's going to do it for all of us here at Bumblebutt Podcast. My name is Adam. A-bomb. That's been Herschel. A-bomb. And that's also been very <laughs> special T. guest, Tyler. Yeah. yeah. What is my uh, the T virus? T virus. Don't ever forget it. Yeah. You turn people into Resident Evils. Yep. All right, everybody. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks a lot. Yep. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.